Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Grab Lives podcast. So today we're doing something a little different, and Trevor and myself, we've done two different episodes, and we are interviewing two members within our union who have really been spearheading the behavioral health program that's supported by our union. So today I'm going to be conversating with Alejandro Zavala, who is the director of behavioral health for the United Firefighters of Los Angeles City. This is our union that we're talking about here that has really been pushing an effort to change this epidemic of behavioral health and to sit back and see the wonder of of how this um, has transformed and transpired is, is really beautiful. Trevor and myself did the peer support group that was supported by the the union and it was a really uh, cool experience to see how many people showed up that wanted to to create a revolution of change within our members and within the people that are going to support each other so with Alejandro we spent uh, the most time we've ever spent together today we met in the peer support group training and I mean, just by an hour of spending time with him, he's on the phone con- constantly, getting a hold of people, finding solutions, supporting people who are reaching out. And this guy, he's got two cell phones, man. He's got one, you know, for handling <laughs> business. And he's he's there. He's there. I can really see his efforts of this change. And it, it's, it is really cool to see uh, how... There is something being done. And so this podcast is about bringing the awareness of behavioral health, how it's an epidemic within our line of work. It's become a virus and it's gone under our armor in such a way where everyone's struggling with it. And there has to be something or some way that we can bring the better awareness and reduce these folded flags that have been falling in our lap of people who have been suffering in silence and this is what this is all about. So, Alejandro, gracias for thank you for coming today. De nada. <laughs> and behalf um on behalf of the UFLAC familia, I want to say what's up to the Grab Lives familia, and I really want to just start by saying how grateful we are a to to be even invited here, but for the work that you guys have been doing that grab lives have been doing and they've been doing the service to our members that is greatly needed and so having you guys join our peer support program is really 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 great and i feel really grateful for that and uh and thanks for having us it's an honor my friend so one of the things is we were talking about your credentials and you had mentioned that you have your um your PsyD, right? And I have no, I had no idea what that meant. And so just kind of give you a, a bit of a brief introduction into your credentials with the work you've done before you joined our union and the better help of uh, this this approach towards behavioral health. Absolutely. Well, I uh, yes, I actually just finished. I just graduated uh, with my PsyD in marriage and family therapist. So I, that's pretty much my doctorate. And PsyD stands for psych- uh, Doctor of Psychology. And I also I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. And I also have a specialization in substance abuse 
it's a two and a half year degree uh, just solely on substance abuse and I've also and the treatment of their family members which I think are often overlooked for sure a lot of times right there's always treatment for the alcoholic for the person that suffers from addiction but the family system oft, often gets overlooked but my journey started about 13 actually 14 years ago and I've been working with uh, first responders for years now. So where I used to work at before, which was Glendale Adventist, they called it GADS. We were pretty much known as like the standard care. There was two places in California. And so LA City really trusted us with a lot of their members. And so I've had experience in working with the firefighters that would come in or paramedics that would come in and then I would get to treat their whole family system. Mm -hmm. And so I have to say coming over to work now to this organization, right, with the department under the union, a lot of times it's been really gratifying because it's been like a reunion. I've been able to see a lot of, a lot of the guys and gals that I've worked with before. And they see me and they're like, Alejandro, and they come in for a hug and they're like, what's up, familia? And uh, so it's been really, really great how things work out. And I really, uh, so I've had experience with working with, with their members and uh, definitely about the culture. And I always try and keep an open mind, right? Mm. There's always more to learn. I don't know it all. And I don't, I don't pretend to. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so those are pretty much my credentials. I just finished my doctorate, so that was a really, really big thing. And I, it's my degree is actually not conferred. I just graduated on Friday, so it'll be should be posted by the twenty eighth. So I'm excited about that. But doing that along with the work that we love, right? And and as a director uh, for the Behavior Health Center for Health and Wellness under UFLAC. It's been quite a journey, hmm. and I have to say that I'm I'm filled with with gratitude. It's challenged me, and I've I've learned a lot. And I know that I'm always going to still continue to learn and and listen from you guys. And I think that's one of the main things. And so, yeah. And I always say this. I always say that, like you know, a lot of people really. And, and they are important. You have to go through certain steps, certain educational steps to get the work, to, to get to do the work that we love to do. And I will always say this because I feel this from the heart. And I know that my team of clinicians that I've chosen are the same way is that it doesn't matter. And I want to say this, we're human beings. It doesn't matter what letters you have behind your name. It's about whether you know how to connect with another human being. If you're put in a room with someone else who is suffering, are you able to actually connect with them and contain them and support them and let them know, you know, I'm here and listen. And there's something that happens in the room for us as clinicians where you get, it's almost like a natural high. Mm -hmm when you get out of a session and you had a great session. And so for us, it's something, 
and I'll speak, I know I speak for my clinicians, but also for myself. I, I really, truly, truly, truly love what I do and I'm passionate about it. And I just want everyone to know that, yeah, we, we do have the letters behind our names, but I want you guys to know more than, more importantly than anything is that you are coming to speak to a human being. That's, that's pretty much it, who has been through some stuff in their own lives, right? I have my own story. I've been through things. I've been in that time of where I felt like it was just me, like I was alone. I didn't want to talk about anything because I was afraid of being judged, hmm. right? And I was fearful of that. And I, I learned to let go of that through my own process of recovery. So... I want you guys to know that you're coming to talk to clinicians that, yeah, have the letters behind their name, but we also have life experience. And a lot of the tools that we will give you to cope are the very same tools that we've had to use in our lives. So we wouldn't expect you to do something that we haven't done. It's so relatable, man. And uh, that's why Trevor and myself really feel called to have you guys on this podcast because it's palpable, your approach and it's uh it's something that doesn't need words you know what i mean and i love the mm -hmm. fact that you're bringing the idea of familia into this the union man because you think about i mean familia is um you, think, you know the movie la familia like 1995 mm -hmm. with like uh, edward yeah. james uh almost, almost. yeah <laughs> dude, like, dude come on man that's a that's a great man j-lo yeah. Yeah. beautiful dude and it's all about la familia and there's parts of that movie where it's like there's there's some shit that goes down man that you know that the family gets deconstructed somehow because of choices and we're at this point of rebuilding a familia because of um you know just a disjointed approach towards things you know and people butt heads and there's a lot of politics involved that needs to be pushed aside for the epidemic of behavioral health you know what i mean man and uh there's a there's a, a cool quote that uh, i have tattooed on me it's called la familia onte onia which is in latin and it means family above all and there's about eight of my cousins who have that same exact tattoo and it really means a lot to me and i really instill the idea of family within everything that i do because i see myself as a tribal member and this tribe with our department, um, it's really important, dude. And I think one of the biggest things, one of the biggest medicines for this is unity yeah. and bringing together each other into this this um, this place we're at right now. You know, we, we can't put words to it. There's something going on that each person's having this uh, self-awareness that something's not right i'm coming home and feeling like this or i'm 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 drinking more or whatever it may be right and it's uh it requires more than just one person having to reach out it requires uh, an effort on everybody within right. this field and within this crazy dynamic of this job you know that, that we uh, risk our lives for and on top of that we i told you earlier like we don't want to bring our own stuff of our own duties home with us. And then now it spreads to our, our children and to our families. It's just, we keep that, um, that thread from turning into a spider web. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And then um, you, you can pass it on even to the next generation, right? Yeah. The anger, the anxiety. And that's why it's so important to be able to even 
seek out support because when it comes to mental health, right, whether it's PTSD, whether it's uh, alcoholism, whether it's substance abuse, one of the things I've noticed is that those things love to take the things that you love the most in life. For sure. They take away, if you don't treat it, if you don't reach out, you don't speak up, those things eventually end up taking your job, hmm. your spouses, your children. They start noticing changes in you. And I, I feel that is one of what, one of the reasons why it's so important that we get to talk about this. And I'm kind of, you know, I, I'm, I'm brought up with the, you know, suck it up culture. We didn't talk yeah. about our feelings and we didn't talk about anything. We just, it was survival and we kept going. Yeah. And I learned that that's such a, that that's the complete opposite. That is actually the unhealthy way, right? That's the, the machismo. And I've had a lot of guys come in a lot of gals come in and talk about like, man, I've been holding on to this for, for years. Hmm. This is the first time I've ever said this out loud. And immediately they feel a sense of relief, like a hundred pounds, you know, immediately their family members notice the changes in their behaviors, you know, and sometimes even teaching them how to, how to learn to, to respond versus react. Hmm which is something difficult, I think, even for for members, because you guys are always on the go, you know, and I, I feel like uh, there is very, um, this is a very important topic, and it's been, I think, a long time coming, and I think we need to truly just get over, but like the same thing that I had to do, I had to get over my pride and my ego, mm -hmm. and I had to put that aside, and I had to, I had to get humble and say, you know, I got to do something about this. Otherwise, I'm going to lose my family. Otherwise, I'm going to die. And just the feeling of like, right, being alone, feeling like you're alone in it is so scary. Like, where do I go? Who do I even talk to? I didn't even know who to reach out to, but I knew that I needed the help. And so that's why our center, that is completely, it's confidential. We have a confidential building in Arlita, which was old sevens and 81s. You are welcome to come on by and pay us a visit. It's like home. There's snacks, there's coffee, there's drinks in the kitchen. Yeah. And we have our offices. And this is something that UFLAC has supported because they've seen the need for it. And, and honestly, uh, I, I really am grateful to be in this position and, and getting the support that I've been getting and then meeting members like you guys. It's just like, that's the natural high in itself right there, you yeah. know? Yeah, I think the biggest part about all this is like the vulnerability. Yeah. It's really hard for people, man, especially in our line of work, the guys we work with, the department we work for. It, it's it, It's... It's a different paradigm that's shifting because, you know, there's this uh, idea of someone being sickly sweet, you know, smiling the entire time when they're really hurting inside, man, or they have to get something off their chest, you know. Right. And the way we go about having a reversal of this machismo or this idea of, 
you know, holding it in is openness. You know, these right. walls we build up around ourselves, right. that creates a barrier for, you know, you can't connect with someone. The moment you let those walls down, that's the beginning of vulnerability because you're not in survival mode anymore. You're in a place of being receptive and expressive. And the moment that we do that, that's what creates this this bigger picture that we're all in this together. And it takes a lot on on your part speaking to the audience. Like, take your walls down, man. They don't they don't matter anymore. You're not gonna you're not in survival anymore. You're not gonna safe. Be, you're not gonna be judged. You're not gonna right. be like Oh, psychoanalyzed. We're not, you know, as a matter of fact, we have like, we do therapy. We, we like to meet our members where they're at. And a For lot sure. of members, especially they have a lot of trauma, like to be around nature. And so one of the things that I have incorporated even into the, the, the sessions or yeah. supporting our members is, you know, everyone has this conception, right? Like we talked about therapy, like very Freudian yeah. and you lay on a sofa and then they have a, the, the therapist or the psychologist, the doctor, whatever, they have a, a clipboard, right? Mm -hmm. And it's nothing like that. I mean, I do reservoir sessions where I've had a lot of members that say, you know what, let's go do a walk around the reservoir. And I say, all right, throw on your cap and sunglasses for, you know, privacy mm -hmm. and uh let's go for a jog around the reservoir and talk or yeah. let's go for or walk and it's amazing to see the results that i've been able to see and the way how effective it's been so we're yeah. also i feel breaking like that st or, or, or reducing that stigma of what therapy is like right. and and you know, it's funny you mentioned the word vulnerability. Like, what do you, what do you think vulner of when you hear the word vulnerability? What comes to mind? It's a personal relationship with that word. And for myself, I've been in a place in my life where I had to surrender in order to reach the next part of my evolution of myself. And I've been brought to my knees. And at that moment, I was able to make a choice. You know, do I want to choose to live in uh, fear-based emotion or do I want to excel and move past it? See it. Don't sweep it under the rug. Acknowledge it. Hold it. But it's not going to alter my life, my way of living. And that's the power of letting go. You yeah. see it. You let go of it. And it doesn't serve you anymore. And that's part of surrender. That's right. And um, it's, it's a, it becomes strange for people in our line of work, first responders, veterans, police officers, because surrender means a white flag to people. Right. Not true. It means you're shedding a piece of yourself that doesn't need to be attached to you anymore. That's right. And so, I mean, that's why I always uh, teach from, um, you know, ancient teachings from, you know, lineages from, uh, from, from Buddhism or lineages from yogic uh, lineages. And they teach just to keep th from you, uh, stop suffering, you know, the, um, that's basically the whole practice of those those lineages is to not suffer anymore. And in order to not suffer anymore, you have to let go of your attachments to things. That's and right. as soon as you do that, that's that's then when you're moving forward. Um, but I would 
I forgot to really do the disclaimer. So anything we say and do does not reflect the city of Los Angeles fire department. Correct. Yeah. You yes. mentioned judgment and judgment's a hard one, dude, in our department um, because of the impulse to judge people. We do it all the time. I'm guilty of it. And that judgment, it does keep you from stepping into vulnerability with yourself. You know, and especially when you're on probation as a rookie, right? You're still learning the culture, and you're still trying to figure things out. You know, and not mess up because you yeah. don't want to be judged. You know, and it's um, it's that starts off your career, and until you start gaining your respect for yourself and and understanding your dynamic and how you are able to operate safely within our our infrastructure within our work. Now you're able to step forward and really have your own voice and really have your own power. But some guys don't ever get past it, dude. They they don't like judgment. No one wants to be shamed for making a mistake, right. you know. And it, it's uh, it's tough, man. I mean, we all want to also come home safe. You know what I mean? And, yes. And not, um, we want to come home back to our families. So it's it's uh, it's there's a balance I think with also teaching, you know, and and training and all those things without judgment. Because we're all in this together, you know, and um, people can internalize stuff, you know what I mean, differently. And it, it just be aware of your words, your actions, and they matter, man. Um, but it, in reference to reaching out to the union for something, you know, there is no judgment here at all. Because no. you are able to come in and be expressive of whatever you need to express. And these members now, a behavioral health department, they are seriously here to help you guys. And it's like how Alejandro said, explaining it, man, like that's so personable to have a walk around a park and just talk. You know, it's not like this old uh, regime of how you just, you'd go to a shrink, they would call it, right? Like all right. these like Vietnam vets be like, oh, he's seen a shrink. You know, it was like, it was looked down upon. And right. this is not what we're doing here. It's, it's about connecting, it's about connecting. It's about letting people know that it's all right. Cause I and and when you say vulnerability, when when I hear when I first used to hear the word vulnerability or humility, I used to relate it to like humiliation, and that was my own ignorance, mm. you know, years ago. And when I started my own process of of, of recovery and, and healing, and I learned that no, actually when you're honest about what you're going through, that takes even actually more courage than to continue to like keep up that front and like everything's all right. Cause we've, we know how to do that. Yeah. We've done that pretty much a lot of times all of our, our lives. And I've gotten a lot of, a lot of success with just feedback from members that, that have said the same thing that they saw it as a sign of weakness, but it was actually the more difficult thing to do was was to open up and they said even themselves you know i was i was that person that used to like judge i was that person that used to be hard on the rookie and and now they a lot of times they'll say you know i regret i regret that you know they're they've evolved they've seeked support and they've seen how effective it is, and absolutely, you guys have a really, a very, very strenuous job. I mean, you take care of all of us, the community. And so 
but when it's when you come to us always we want people to know that it it's confidential and you come to our center or or we're pretty flexible we do zoom sometimes we do phone sessions a lot of members like when they're driving and on their drive home or just they have a certain drive that's going to be like 50 minutes or they like to just get on the phone have us on bluetooth and just talk and we're pretty flexible like that. It's like whatever works for you guys. We want to make this as least as like stressful as possible. And, you know, we have the education. And, uh, but I think that the most important thing with all this is I want, I want everyone to know that with our team, it is, it is a very, very, uh, it's a safe place you don't have to worry about any of that judgment or any of that it's it's you know my grandma used to say in spanish todos tenemos cola que nos pisen which means we all have a tail that could be stepped on therefore none of us are perfect you know <laughs> and so it's uh it's hilarious it's, it's hilarious but it's also very true right like yeah. we're human beings too we all we want to do is, is is support and and help out and we do this from the heart we didn't get into this just because we got into this for a reason just like a lot of firefighters and paramedics get into this for a reason you want to help and that's really what we want everyone to know that it's, it's you know that's really our sole purpose is to to get support and and we do respect confidentiality and i think that that's one of the biggest things that i want people to know and always remember that as a as a firefighter you're still human right your body still holds memory for sure right even childhood trauma hmm. you know a lot of us didn't have the proper upbringing that we needed as children yeah and that stays with us dude that's crazy because i've done a lot of work on myself mm -hmm. uh, over the last couple of years and like when i would go deep into something you know and I, none of my work stuff came up like as far as like calls i've been on you know over the last 14 years i've been in this this uh 911 response and but with everything I've done, and none of none of that came up. It all had to do with my home life at home, my childhood, and things from my parents. You know that were I carried, internalized. You know assaults and like things like that. That I that those are the things that got to me that I was carrying, and there were blockages that I carried. You know, but the biggest thing I think with everybody in this department that I know who who is felt it or feels it at this moment in time is burnout. And so I would really like to express what burnout is and through my own experience of burnout and through the idea, um, through deeply studying what it does. Um, so we have this, um, we have certain things, parameters of which we become fatigued on an emotional level. So we are emotional beings, but there's a layer of us that we're connected to and when we carry emotional blocks, it keeps us sick, or it's how this disease or illness develops. Correct. So, in that sense, we 
protect ourselves in this field of work to not be emotionally attached to things. So we create a barrier that is protecting us so we don't have to be so depleted. Um, and so the way that works is the more you go onto these calls, these busy areas, you're going to call to call to call to call, you're not getting any sleep. This, this progress into callousness where you're unable to feel anymore. And so we talked about inside the peer support group training how guys who are having addiction problems, guys and girls who are having addiction problems, it's because they want to feel something because they cannot feel anymore. They've become so calloused that this barrier that has been created to protect themselves on an unconscious level has now become to the point where nothing can get in and nothing can be received. And if you're constantly giving yourself and, and, and projecting yourself on this career to help others and you're not receiving on the inside, that cycle is being uh, basically disjointed and deconstructed. So to take down that wall, that barrier you've left for yourself, that's what creates burnout. What happens is uh, you got to tear that down. (laughs) It takes a lot of work, man. It it takes a lot of work. That's why the practices we have been speaking about, it helps with that. And the cortisol levels that are pumping through your system, that also creates a response at a biological level. So all these things we are seeing now has created, um, and we're just barely figuring it out right now you know what i mean and it's it's um it's a big problem and that's the biggest thing is why that's why people don't want to be vulnerable because once you take down that wall of burnout of protecting oneself it's very very sensitive and that's why when when people actually start reaching out for help all this stuff just starts popping off yeah it's just like like a geyser you know what i mean and you've seen it you know what i mean that's how we've been kind of like seeing burnout recently. And it's just, it's a very dynamic situation. Everyone's been through it, man. Yeah. And you know, that's funny that, that you talked about even just how people cope with, with addiction. And a lot of people think that, oh, they turn to that because it was a, an, a thing of like will. You know, it was a, it was a choice. A lot of people don't realize that even like uh, mental health issues, right? Just the same thing with substance abuse and alcoholism. It is a biopsychosocial disease. So that means someone can actually be genetically predisposed and have like the addict gene already in them. They have psychological factors that they're also trying to cope with, with the substance. And then there's environmental, right? Which is a social part of biopsychosocial. Now you only have to have one of those three components, the bio, the psycho, or the social to be addicted, whether it's to a substance or alcohol. And sometimes you may have two out of the three, or, you know, if you're a real winner, three out of the three. And so a lot of people don't realize and they carry on, they carry the shame and this guilt, like what is wrong with me? Why can't I do this? Why can't, why do I have to drink? Or why can't I stop? And then their families start to notice. And so a lot of what we've been able to do is just say, you, you probably actually know no control over this you had the addict gene 
maybe before you manifested it with exercise or in a different way. But I think it's also very important to acknowledge that when it comes to mental health issues, a lot of these things are, these issues are genetic. And so it's also important for our members to understand that when they have a genetic component, they have an upbringing, right? Where maybe they didn't get the healthy upbringing because again, it's intergenerational. Sometimes people have a hard time with saying, I love you. Mm. Right. For sure. I know a lot of my members say, well, I know my kids love them because I work and I provide and the house and, and I go, no, (laughs) they don't know that they still need to hear. I love you for sure. From their, from their dad. Why don't, how, why haven't you said I love you to your son? Mm. Well, it's nothing that was talked to my family. My dad never told me that. And it's interesting, right? How it is an intergenerational, but I think a lot of guilt and shame has a lot to do with this. And I just want everyone to know, I want you guys to know that like when you come into our office and we've been told kind of like this, this podcast room that we're in right now, it's like, there's good juju in here. And when you come into our office, it's like that same kind of good juju where you come in and you feel at home. You can walk into the kitchen, serve your coffee, get a snack. And, uh, it's, it's great. And it's all to promote healing and, and support because if we don't do that, then we know what the outcome is. Right. And we're done with that. And we're actually at a very fortunate time right now where Chief Crowley has as a big proponent, big supporter of behavioral health. Dr. Madrid and Julie Schneider just put on the wellness fair that they allowed us to be part of, and we're collaborating. And then the union, right? From the president to the directors to the trustees, everyone is is actually paying attention and that we're at a very good moment. We're moving in the right direction. And I'm always the type of like, Let's, let's get into the solution. All right, this is the problem. Let's start moving in the right direction. And I've been seeing that kind of support and pretty much uh, giving us a support, but also like putting their, the, the, the funds, right? The money where their mouth is. And I've seen yeah. a lot of that. And that's why I was able to hire another clinician because they've seen the need you know, we're all busy, even us as clinicians on, on both sides, mm-hmm. right? With with the union, with the fire department, we've been really, really busy, which is a great thing. And we're grateful because that means a lot more people are reaching out. And so one thing out of this conversation is, is also, I feel grateful to always hear like, yes, yes. If I request something, if it if it benefits our members, they say yes. And I don't know what it was like before, but I'm truly grateful that I get to have that backup. Otherwise, we couldn't do the work that, that we do. Thank you. I appreciate that. But you guys are damn well worth it. <laughs> it takes two to tango. You know what I mean? So in all aspects, even with ourselves, you know, being open enough to, to reach out. And you don't want to get to the point of to where you're in a pit. That's the problem here is we have to keep 
things preemptive to keep it from getting to that point. And Trevor and myself started this podcast mm-hmm. as a preemptive measure to just bring an awareness to something, to see yourself. When you see yourself truly and you stop avoiding yourself, things come up, man. It's not easy work. And it's not uh, an, an easy thing to even, uh, it's never going to end. It's always changing. I mean, even with the work I've done on myself, things always pop up, man. But I have a different approach to it because I understand myself better. And we don't want to have you be in a place where you're suffering deeply to reach out. So because it's so nonchalant, the way it's brought up with Alejandro, if you need to just kind of talk about whatever a fight you had with your spouse or whatever, you have a kid with special needs or you have a kid who's really um, needing a lot of extra help at home and it's exhausting you, those are those simple facts to just be open about. And we kind of want to instill this idea to like take a second uh, to just reach out also as well. Like if you're not going to reach out to the union, reach out to a a friend. Yeah. Reach out to a classmate you've had. Reach out to someone that you went to, um, you were at a station with for like four or five years or 10 years. Reach out to these people because once you receive that phone call from that person, there's something different about it. it. There's a familia aspect to it. And when you're taking a second, to stop what you're doing and, and think of that person. I know every single person who's listening right now knows of someone and that just popped up in their head. Call that person and see how, see how they're doing. See what's been coming up. What's crazy is like once we started this podcast, dude, like a ton of our classmates had reached out to us. A ton of like people we've been at different stations with that just reached out to me like, hey man, like I related on so many different levels of what you're talking about and yeah. really needed to hear it. And this unity and even being backed up by the union, it's about bringing an integral whole of everyone has a piece of the puzzle that makes a solution happen. And that's how it works. You know, it's cyclic. You know, the death and rebirth are the same thing if you look at it in a certain way. And just when you open yourself up to vulnerability, it's not easy. And there is a bit of uh, an ego attachment to it. But why? You know, it's... it's um. It's just a, a false belief system, you know, and in that, and, there, and it makes you build up more walls. And the more you let them down, that's where you're you're headed in, in the right direction, man. And it's yeah. uh, it's really beautiful to to see and meet you and Hugo, and the way you guys approach everything is so uh, beautifully done. And it's it's it seems as if you guys have gone through your own upheavals yourself, and that's why you guys are like that because you made a choice to choose something different and to choose a different life. And now you're giving back and service to others who are serving others. Yeah. You know, and it's, uh, it's, it is what we need right now. You know, that's, that's part of the medicine as well as serving others. And in a way that's not related to the work we do, because the work we do is a little bit different, man. That's for the community and we protect life and property. That's what we do, you know, but on the outside of it, there seems to be a bit more disconnect, especially since the lockdown. And it's a lot of it is just, I think the turmoil and the 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 way the healthcare system uh, began to crumble, I think everyone saw that this there's something seriously wrong with what we're doing here. It's not helping people and I, I'm, I'm getting burnt out. And a lot of people, even healthcare members at the staff at hospitals, 
they're burnt out. Dude, no one will even show up to work anymore. We have to go to a different hospital with a serious patient because the hospital's closed down. We have two nurses and 18 beds. It's insane, dude. Right. And uh, it puts a, a more stress on us. You know, yeah. I'm going to a different hospital that's like 10 miles more away at like three in the morning. That's And yeah, it, it's, dude, it's wild. It, it has to start with each other and one another and reaching out, man. So take that second, reach out to somebody because it matters. Even if you don't think it does, it does. I promise you it does. And we do have a great peer support and a robust peer support program. I mean, the last class we had was truly amazing. There was a feeling in that room that we all felt, right? For sure. And it was just so amazing and it made me excited. And I'm just like, oh, hell yeah. Like, it's on. We're moving forward. We're moving in the right direction. And I recall we all agreed and, and we even started clapping that everyone in that training was there because they truly wanted to be there. They really wanted to be of service. And they, it wasn't to get a pro, on a promotional list. You felt the genuineness in there. And, and, and it's important. And some of the members in there have had their own moments. Like, And it's very important that you said that. Dropping to your knees. I've had that moment. I've had to get vulnerable. And... I've had to break down because it, it got so hard and unbearable and I had to look up and I had to pray to my dad. I had to pray, right? And I said, if you're if you're really up there and you're looking down on me and you're taking care of me, like, please help me. And I got to that point where I was desperate and I was fortunate enough to, to find the resources. And I feel like a lot of the members that we had in there come from experience and have the heart and you're right you know i used to work in finance and our clinicians have had their own life experiences where we chose this career because it's a way of us like me i got another shot at life this is like the least i could be doing to give back and just pay it forward and it's being of service and really that's that's what it's about for for me and and for my team because we have had these conversations. And so I really like that, that you brought that up about paying it forward. Yeah. Right. There's a, there's a saying that, that it says, uh, you can't hold on to something if you don't pass it on. Hmm. Uh, and it's, it's really, uh, it's really, really true. And another saying to just address like the fear of judgment, hmm. First of all, it's confidential when you come to us, so people don't have to know anything. Right. A lot of times we, and, and kudos and props to a lot of the captains and the chiefs that have been actually reaching out to us and saying, you know what, could you come visit our station? Or we got a member that we are concerned about. They are willing to talk to you. And they're also changing the game. They're becoming more open to it, which is really, really great to see. And... And I, I feel like there's a saying also that helped me early uh, in my recovery that helped me to deal with what people thought, what people said. And we give other people so much power. Right. You know, at the, end, at the end of the day, when we drop to our knees, 
a lot of those people aren't even there. So why do we do that, right? right? Why do we give them so much power? So there's a saying that always helped me that goes, the people that judge you don't matter. And the people that matter won't judge you. Right. And I carry that with me and it helped me so much. So we're blessed to be a part of this. I love this, this job. Yes, it's challenging. I mean, your guys' job, I can't even imagine, but know that we're here to, to support you. And if even if it's one call where you had a bad day yeah. and you want to vent, know that we're here. And, um, and uh, oh yeah, by the way, we actually believe in your guys' mission so much. And Grab Lives, you know, these guys, Ivy John, Trevor, they started this on their own and they've spent money out of their own pocket to put this podcast room together. And that's got to tell you something. When I heard that this morning, it gave me goosebumps because I was like, man, that's, that's heart. That's being of service right there. So on behalf of UFLAC, and the Center for Health and Wellness, we're, uh, we are presenting a, a check for $1,000 to help them get, uh, I think, like camera equipment or yeah. some sort, oh, whatever yeah. you may need it for. And so I really, I want to urge everyone, if you can in any way, and I know we'll do our own work, our own work in getting a sponsor for you guys as well. But uh, UFLAC definitely wants to be supportive of this because they know it's much needed. And so... They're donating a thousand dollars today just to say thank you for what you're doing and keep keep it going because it's working. Thank you, brother. Um, highest amount of gratitude for you guys, and I definitely receive that. You know, it's about beautiful to be supportive and to receive support. So, mm. damn, dude, awesome. Uh, you talked about like shame, dude, and shame within like judgment, right? Dude, shame is like one of the hardest things to endure because it's it's embarrassment, right? Mm -hmm. And but don't let yourself get down to your knees, like some right. of us have been, you know, to that point where you got to change something. Right. <laughs> because shame is not even worth it, dude. It's just it's not worth it at all. And but it is it is uh, it does cause a bit of internalization of. Uh, of, of a bit of suffering you're causing for yourself, but don't let it happen, man. Like, who cares a fuck about judgment, dude? Oh, we could we could say that on here. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Oh, I could have dropped that so many times. Because I guess who cares I, about I, judgment, I get, man? I get, I get I get passionate. Yeah, and you know, it's like you want to sometimes say like, "Fuck what others think." It's Hell all about yeah, taking dude. care of you, taking care of your family. You want to be healthy because the more the better you take care of yourself the better you could take care of others. For sure. And that's true. Yeah, stick to your sovereignty, man. Like, that was the second episode we had. It was named Sovereignty. It's about knowing yourself. This is a famous quote, know thyself. Because no one has power over you once you recognize the power within. Right. And knowing true sovereignty has a lot to do with making right choices and making those decisions for yourself that is important, but also for the, for the better of the entirety of the whole. So not to get construed about the idea of sovereignty, you're bringing harmony and balance to every situation you engulf yourself in. But by the same token, you're taking care of yourself at the same time and, and being true 
to your inner self and your inner being because yeah. it transmutes itself and it starts connecting with everyone else. They feel it. it's palpable. You know someone who's truly sovereign because they don't have to say a word. And the truly sovereign beings who come into leadership, that's a true leader, man. And that brings um, just leadership into another aspect of, of allowing people to gain their sovereignty, stepping aside and teaching, but by the same token, allowing them to step into their power. It's a, it's a strange dynamic to do. And dude, it's just a, it, it's a quality without a doubt, man. And uh, even in, in going into behavioral health, sovereignty matters when you're like, dude, you know what? Something's not, not right. I need to just get something off my chest. I'm going to call a hundred right now because I truly know myself and I'm out of sorts. That's a part of sovereignty and a part of knowing yourself on a deeper level. And that's a lot of the teachings on Grab Lives is about taking a look within. Right because on. I cannot guess what's going on in your head or going on in your emotions right now. Because right. ha- everyone has something different, especially in our, our line of work. Like I could be getting off shift, having zero sleep, and being on edge. And yeah. Trevor's off for like four days. And he's just, you know, jolly and giggly. You know what I mean? We always that always happens yeah. in our episodes because Trevor and I are, are on opposite shifts. So sometimes he's getting off shift. We're doing an episode, and he's kind of just he's kind of out of it, you know. And I'm all like a spring chicken. I've been yeah. off for four days, so it's just funny how everyone's um, going through it on a different level. But when you are knowing what level you're at, and even Bo Porter had talked about this, give yourself a number to see where you're at. If you're at a if you're at a fucking ten, and you're gonna pop. Check yourself because everyone else around you can feel it. I love that. And I think he said the goal was to be at five out of five when you get home, which is very, very true. And it is very important. It is very important. And and to come in and just to be able to talk. And, you know, you can talk to myself. You can speak to Melissa, Dr. Melissa O'Keefe, Vera Rodriguez or Hugo Catalan. They're all well credentialed. They're sharp. They're good people. They're great human beings. I trust them with my life. And always know that you can talk to them. And also, you know, it's funny how even us, right, as clinicians, I always talk about I'm not perfect. I'm a work in progress myself. There's a lot of times that we have to stop and think, like, why are we so good taking care of others? But yet when it comes to us, we can't take care. We have a hard time taking care of, of us. Yeah. Like, what are we so afraid of? But like, right, it's like, think about it. What do you have to lose if you're already struggling? What do you have to lose if you're struggling and you have that moment where you just don't feel right? You don't have to be at the point where you drop to your knees, but what do you have to lose, right? Sometimes it is the family. Sometimes it is the house, the job, friendships. And on the other hand, if you do seek for support and actually do the courageous thing, what do you have to gain? Mm, for sure. Right? It's, that's beautiful because courage is the word here. And like courage is, I mean, it takes every part of your being to step up to that courage. But when you practice courage, I mean, our job is courageous. You yeah. know what I mean? But for some reason, 
to ask for help when you need it, that courage is uh, a bit dormant. It's it's yeah. locked up because of the you, you're fearing some type of repercussion or something like that. You feel yeah. like you're going to lose your job or whatever, or you're going to yeah. seem weak, and your your whole station's going to know. All this shit comes up in your head, and that's what keeps people from doing anything. And that's why it keeps getting pushed back and pushed back and yep. pushed back until that burnout stage hits. And then you have a catalyst for change. And yep. what I mean by catalyst of change is just there's a, a portion that needs to be transmuted in your life. And it's a lesson that comes to you and it presents itself. And unless you go through that lesson and you learn lesson, you're going to continue to learn those lessons unless you've got the point. And now you're able to move forward. But yes. if there comes a point in our lives where we make a choice, you can choose the gravelly road, you can choose the narrow road, you can choose the wide road, you can choose the paved highway. That's you right. can choose any of those roads. Is that a power of choice behind each of it? And it's always going to lead up to the same same location. So right. you can choose it. It's up to you. And when you're supported and you're hearing about how much support is willing and offering and being able to connect with you on a confidentially or a confidential level. Absolutely. You are you feel a bit more empowered to step up, be like, hey, you know what, man? Fuck, I need to talk to someone, man. Yeah. You know, I need to say, I need to get this off my chest. You know, I had a conflict with a guy at the station, X, Y, and Z. I got some shit going on at home. It's all coming in together. Yeah. You know, I need to find some type of change. You know, or even when addiction comes up, everyone knows that firefighters and police officers drink a lot and nurses and nurses dude it's it's very common it, it's yeah. everyone knows it dude because you're trying to scrape the edges off of and trying to feel something and or just numb yourself and then numb yourself to sleep right that that train is not going to ride itself very well after a while and that's what happens 10 years down the road you're going to catch yourself that oh, okay i can see how uh this behavior is not really serving me anymore, but Correct. then that's the hard part is how do I, how do I cut back? You know, there's these parts that are, they're hard solutions to your problem. That's been progressive for whatever, 10 years, yeah. you know, 15 years, 20 years. Yeah. You know, the good thing is there is a solution. There is a solution to all of that. If, if a person is willing for sure. And that's where we start. You know, and it's a process. And yeah. I hope, and there's a saying in a program, it's about progress rather than perfection. Mm. So sometimes you take three steps forward, oop, you have one step backward, and then we keep going three steps forward, you know, and it's, but the payoff to it, the outcome of, of seeking the support is amazing. And we, as clinicians, I will speak to myself a lot of times, I... I'm a human being too. I've gotten even like a little choked up with seeing the progress and the beautiful journeys of a lot of the members that have gotten better and came in and they were scared and they thought, who's going to find out who's this? And the truth is, is that that's future tripping. <laughs> we're future. We future trip a lot. Yeah. A lot of those things that we play out in our head, right? Cause we can do that. And I call it the committee in our heads it's a busy committee up there sometimes you know for sure and so learning how to shut that off is what you'll learn how to do with this but also knowing that a lot of what you fear and assume never really happens mm -hmm. at least with us when you come and seek support 
we keep confidentiality and and you know that's pretty much it and i think that's a big thing amongst the department and and little by little we're chipping away at it just with programs like grab lives right podcasts like this and the center for health and wellness the union us working in collaboration also now with the department a psychologist with the city psychologist that uh is is doing it we all have the same mission we may have different protocols but we all got the same love for this work and, and we all have the same mission but uh and i do say i want to say it may sound cheesy when i say familia but i really do mean it from the heart and i've experienced it a lot of the a lot of the firefighter paramedics that i've worked with even coming to uflac uh, and even ones that I've started working with here, I've got an invitation to their kids' birthday parties, to special occasions, because we have gotten to know, sometimes even better than our own biological family members, yeah. we've gotten to know each other a lot better. And so... I saw Trevor and, our, and my relationship with each other, like our friendship bloomed when we started sharing our stories yeah. and whatever came up. That's how this podcast began is with open communication when we felt we needed to express it. And we realized, we like, looked at each other one time, like, dude, we should do something about this. You know, and, and it, not from an egoic perspective, but more so right. like, hey, like, you know, just us talking about what goes on in our heads in this type of work situation, you know, we, we're working on it and dealing with it. And we've come up with our own solutions of how to reverse and take mm -hmm. down that number from a 10 to a five, yeah. you know, and that's, that's where our heart-based project began and it's continuing. And it's evident and, and, you know, you can sometimes, you can, you can, uh, you can read the, the bullshit <laughs> a lot of times. You have a bullshit meter? You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, you know, there's a saying that you can't bullshit a bullshitter. Yeah. Like, you can see it. A lot of times you feel it right away. And even coming in to, to do this podcast. It's hard uh, to bullshit people in our department, dude. Yeah. You know, I think we're very well in, in tune to, like, oh, yeah. reading between the lines. And that's why guys are so apprehensive. Like, hey, I, I don't know, man. I want to see the guy first. You know what I mean? Or, yeah, yeah. or whatever. You know what I mean? And, and then, but when you're coming in to approach Alejandro... He's got nothing to lose, man. He doesn't give a shit. He just wants to talk to you and like and hear and listen, really. Yeah. And that's all he does. So, and that idea is like, dude, just stop trying to create these ideas. Don't future trip, man. Yeah. You know, you're creating these um, stories in our heads. We all are guilty of doing it. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Of some idea of what's going to happen. We play it out. Right. And we already know what the other person's going to say and how we're going to respond. And we have this whole thing in our head that we play out. And yet it hasn't even happened and will likely never happen. For sure. But we do that. Isn't that a trip? Yeah, man. It's it's, it's part of a, the human nature. Dude. It is. And that's why it's important to stay in the here and now. For sure. Stay in the present because this is what we have right now. It's eternal. Yep. Cool, brother. Um, So... We're going to close up here. We okay. just did an hour of each Hugo Catalan and Alejandro Zavala. So we are going to close up here. And how are people supposed to reach you from our union? How from, do they reach out to you? Like, 
Um, do you get? Do you guys have like cards or email addresses? We do actually, and if you go on the UFLAC website, uflac.org, you can see our information. Cool. We do have cards, and uh, you'll see actually our office number, and then you'll see our individual cell numbers. Cool, brother. And then you know, we're on call, and like I told you, uh, we're in this together. And I just want everyone to know that we we truly we do this from the heart. We're not better than anyone. We don't. We really just want to support. And I think having felt the pain in my own life and knowing what it's like when you go through a problem or a family member has a problem that you are completely powerless and you don't know what to do and you can't control it. I know what that's like. We know what that's like. And we just want to be able to support you guys and, and help guide you. We've done a lot of the footwork right. already for treatment facilities that we trust. And we just want you guys to know that, that we're here and you could call uh, our office. And again, it's on the UFLAC website. Or you could choose to call one of the clinicians directly. And our, our turnaround time is 24 hours. Realistically, we'll get back to you between one to three hours. Wonderful. So, you know. You guys have really turned this infrastructure upside down uh, to really create this change, man. And it's a, it's a revolutionary process that you and I had talked about and spoke of. And a revolution starts with recognition of a problem. And I even going into the peer support group, dude, like... I felt like everyone was like a beat down dog that was tired of it. Yeah. And everyone had a bite back to their expression of the self and, and how things want to change and how each person was there willing to do it because they're sick of getting beat down yeah, and tired of their friends getting beat down and tired of their family seeing it. You know, and it's like, that's where we're at right now. And so this revolution of coming together as one, as a unit through unity, through the union of the city of Los Angeles fire department, we're here to step it up a notch and turn the dials in a certain way to speak and feel from the heart space and what you're, you're approaching it as. I, I, you know, always speak from the heart. You can't, you can't go wrong. And, For sure. And, and that's it. And, uh, I'm excited about our peer support program and we are in the middle of restructuring, which looks great. We presented it at the training and it'll be publicized. I I'm excited. I'm grateful that I even get to be a witness of of, of your guys' journey and, and I oversee the peer support program, which is now about hundred and eighty members sure. or seventy something members. Mm. And I you know, we have people out there for everyone and there's someone on that list that you could connect with. And just know that. But the last group that we had, I have to say, we were like so impacted. Even the trainer, Tiffany Collier, who is awesome and amazing. She says this was a very special group. And we're going to continue to do that to, to improve our peer support program, make it more robust. And, and have you guys join us at the wellness fair uh, that I, once again, that Dr. Julie Schneider and Dr. Madrid are, are putting on uh, with the department and that we're, we're lucky. And 
to to be included in that and we've built those those bridges and it's all about like come on let's do this work together right you know that's what it's about for you guys because sometimes you may not think it but damn you're, you're worth it and and sometimes a part of my own journey is knowing that i'm i'm worthy of as well you know but when I get to do this work that I love with, with you guys, I always think like, damn, I'm so lucky and I'm so filled with gratitude and I was supposed to be dead long ago. <laughs> and I'm glad that uh, for some reason it wasn't my time and I just took around and now I get to do this work that I love and I just feel so fortunate and let's keep it going. Let's keep mo moving forward and, and staying in the solution. Thank you, Alejandro. Appreciate thank, it, brother. thank you guys. So for all those also listening who are not, you know, members from our department, you're not alone. So if you can take anything from this, it's just unity, you know, and if you are a family member of someone or a loved one who you know, who is a firefighter, police officer, veteran, healthcare worker, reach out to them. Take that idea of just taking a second from your busy day. And if you want to call them, text them. Let them know you care. Ask about their day. See what's going on in their life. It's super important. It's so valuable. I always speak of my mom when she reaches out to me and tells me how much she loves me and how, how proud she is of me. It makes my day when I'm getting my teeth kicked in mm -hmm. in the middle of the night. You know, it's just, it helps so much. So if you can, take a second. And Alejandro, muchas gracias. Igualmente. And uh, everyone take good care of yourselves and know that you have the UFLAC board, you have the UFLAC familia, and you have your peer support familia that John Vargas and Trevor are a part of. Reach out. If you don't feel comfortable coming to us, it's okay. Our feelings don't get hurt. Talk to your peers. If And a lot of times we get people that come to us and then Either we have to ref we refer them to to a peer supporter, or the peer supporter has to refer to us. And the thing is that we, you know, remain remaining with confidentiality. We we get you the support that you need, and that's what we're here for. All right, man. Thank okay. you so much. Thank you guys for what you do, and uh, keep it going. And here we go. They Thanks, say man. they say 2023 is supposed to be the. The year, right? The good year is the Michael Jordan years because we're going <laughs> up. For sure, man. And the next year is the Kobe year, 24. That's right. <laughs> RIP, right, man. Um, so reach out for Grab Lives on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and also Amazon Music. Please, if you get a chance, leave a review and give us some stars. You can give us five if you want. Thank you, everybody. Can they give us seven? Uh, it's only five, five, dude. But five, thanks, ten. man. You want to give us seven? Just give us five. All right. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Love you. Bye. All right. Take care.